Ten when you're ready. Go for it. <laughs> Craft Beer Radio, episode 364, on January 2nd, 2016. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio, where we just dropped in to see what condition our condition was in. <laughs> uh, here with Dave Vodrick, a friend of the show, has been on, was on last New Year's. Christmas Eve yeah. show, or New Year's Eve show, and he's here to just sit in with us again tonight. So we have uh, an array of different beers, including one uh, one big guy. Yeah, let's start and, with that one. Yeah, <laughs> probably going to end with that, but we are starting with a Kolsch. A Kolsch from Mother Road Brewing Company. Was this sent in by Mother Road? Yes, yes. it was. Thank you, Mother Road. 4.3% alcohol by volume, uh, 19 IBUs. See, it's called Gold Road. They're Kolsch. Yeah, uh, Mother Road's in Arizona. Yeah. Okay, it pours stunningly clear. Nice golden color. It's a little more gold than many Kolsch's. It has a nice rich gold color to it. We're splitting a bottle three ways, so we didn't get a ton of head from the pour. There's a little bit of uh, wispiness around the edges. Definitely has a like a little vinous quality there. It has a nice fresh, almost lager-like aroma, which is sort of what you'd expect out of a Kolsch. Mm-hmm. It has a you know I mentioned I mentioned how it has a little more color to it. It also seems like it has a little more maltiness to it than I would get for a Kolsch. Kolsches, for me, are generally a little bit lighter, have more of a pilsner malt character, mm-hmm. and then has that vinous character you were talking about. Where yeah, this smells a little bit like Vienna malt, doesn't it? it this has, one it kind of has a Vienna or something going on in it as well. flavor same thing carries through it has a little bit of a biscuity or muffiny type malt right up front and then it, it gets dry you get a little bit of pilsner a little bit of a zing to it a noble, twi- noble zing to it a little bit of like a corny grittiness mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of a cornmeal type um, mm-hmm. or cornbread type aftertaste yes right thoughts dave Well, I'm not as professional as the rest of you, sure. but um, no, it's pretty good. I've had a few Kolsch's. Um, I don't. Uh, this one it, it finishes pretty good. It, it's got a little something on the end of it that mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm not sure I'm a huge fan of. But it's that it's a little bit of DMS kind of flavor. It's a little. Mm-hmm. It doesn't taste quite like cooked vegetables, but it has a little maybe diacetyl, maybe a little bit of a buttery note going on. Yeah, it. it it definitely is, um, I keep saying it, but it's not really like spot on Kolsch yeah. style. It's a little more malty. It has kind of, a, sulfury notes kind of a Hellas character to it as well. Um, mm. mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good call. Because, yeah, there's that kind of um, yeah, that, that sweetness that comes through. It's a little a little bit bracing. And it's sort yeah. of like a Hellas, yeah. And then the, um, the continental hops, you know, there's enough hopping in here. You can kind of taste the, mm-hmm. the continental hopping as well. It's decent. It's just, yeah, not textbook cold. Yeah. I kind of like that cornmeal or cornbread type taste that's in there. It's just because it gives us something a little bit different. Yeah, I think that when I was at JBF, there were some really, really good 
cream ales that mm-hmm. had that kind of they had the cornmeal taste. It tasted sort of like fresh cornmeal, like like a fresh grits, as opposed to just this corny cream corn flavor, right. which is which is bad. But when you have the fresh cornmeal, it really does taste good. And so I had some that were great and some that were terrible, and you could really tell which ones because it had that really gritty, nice corn thing right. going on. We get our we get through our uh, samples thirty percent faster when we split it out. <laughs> it's, it's true. So we're going to move pretty quickly through the show, is my guess. <laughs> our next uh, beer is from Destill or Destill Brewery. Destill, Destill, it's D E S T I H L. So you guys figure that. I think out. it's <laughs> Destill. I think is how you say it. The beer report's always talking about this. These guys, they're like their local. Destill, D. Anyway, 4.9% alcohol volume, 22 IBUs. So I'm assuming this is a California beer. This is the Abbey Single. Uh, but I mean, the, uh, the brewery is... It's in uh, Illinois. In Bloomington, oh, really? Illinois. Because they won the Los Angeles... honorable mention, the Los Angeles International Beer Competition. <laughs> they do a lot of sours. Um, I had one of their sours at GABF... Uh, didn't impress me much, but uh, I don't think that's repre- I don't think that's representative of of Distill in general. I hear a lot of good things about those guys. This is our my second beer I've had from them. I could pick this up at House of a Thousand Beers. Now you mentioned something to me um, on Friday. You texted me saying, "Hey, you want to go run up to Ohio?" And then ten minutes later, you're like, hey, "Never mind, I don't want to." <laughs> yeah, I was well. <clears throat> I realized by the time you'd be ready and up at our house, you know, much much of you know. Heather was out with the kids cooking Christmas cookies for Grandma, and I don't want to get into all the details, but it was going to be too late, and I was um, feeling a little congested and didn't really want to go on such a long trip. It seemed like a great idea until I thought about it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... Hmm. All right, so it does kind of smell triple-ish, which you would sort of expect. A single is, is kind of a lower alcohol version of a triple. Yeah, I mean, well, it's typically a golden beer right. as opposed to a more malty beer. But it's going to have similar things to triple with the sweetness that comes through with the Belgian sugar and um, slight phenolic stuff from the yeast. There's like a peanut butter powder type aroma on this. You getting that? Um, yeah, something like that. It almost, it almost smells kind of hoppy. More hoppy than okay. I would expect. I was trying to figure out what that was, and it's it's not like peanuts or peanut butter, but like the peanut butter powder. It's kind of what I'm smelling. I haven't. Hmm. Greg was mentioning Greg McGill was mentioning on the New Year's show that one of the forms of DMS, kind of like the third most common, like the first first one, you know, is cooked corn. Or green beans, but then you know peanuts can come up in it because we were telling the story about how you tasted peanuts at Anheuser Busch, yeah. and the brewer was really happy. That, I didn't see the brewer you, that you, you pulled you out. You say the brewer was happy. I didn't. I didn't see his face, so I don't know. <laughs> Swear I tasted it though. Was it smelling something like green pepper or something like that? I was thinking rhubarb, but green pepper is not a bad call. Yeah, there's something like that in there. The flavor has a little bit of pepperiness in there. I'm tasting kind of a peanut butteriness as well. 
This is kind of a weird one. It almost tastes kind of like hummus. I, I think I can get there. I think I can get there. Like, remove the garlic part from hummus, and you can have chickpeas and tahini, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, I can take, like, the tahini part of it, really. Yeah. I'm having a hard time, like, connecting the dots on chickpeas, but I can, I can see tahini. Uh, I think that green pepper is in there as well. You know, it's coming through still. So interesting, a sesame quality going on in there. That's new. <laughs> It feels a little undercarbonated. And it feels a little less viscous than it should be. It yeah. doesn't feel pinchy. Well, this is a single, right? So, you know, think of it as, you know, singles can be as light as like a table beer or something like that, right? This one's more okay. malty. It's not as, you know, it was a 4.5% alcohol by volume. 4.9. Yeah. 4.9. Uh, so, I mean, it's not quite a table, you know, it's not a table beer. It's not a 3.2 or anything like that with a light, really light flavor. But, you know, it doesn't... So don't really hang on triple too much. You know, singles can be pretty, you know, uh, pretty far down the the kind of just... Uh, what do I want to say? Malty, you know, not really... Not huge esters, you mm. know, and especially not candy sugar type flavors. But yeah, that, that sesame seed green pepper peanut butter thing's kind of weird. <laughs> That's your beer. Sesame seed green pepper and peanut butter. It's it's different. Can I see that can, Dave? Yeah. I don't see if there's any kind of date codes on it. Because I'm not sure Distill is officially available. Probably over in Philly. It's probably mule back from Philly. Nope, I don't see any date codes. Well, I do know how much it costs now. $3.25. <laughs> it's big 28 at the bottom of the can, but I don't know what that means. Uh, that's embossed, though, right? Yeah. I mean, that's... Man, that's Bell Can Company doing that. Bell or Crown. All right, so here's the here's the code. I think I don't know what it means though. There's a 14 on there, which is worrisome. That's on the label. That's that's screened on the label. That's not production code. That's when the cans were made or something. That's the can order. Oh. Okay. All right, I'm going to rinse my glass. Mm. I don't want any peanut butter to carry over. <laughs> well, so we have an interesting choice. Obviously, we're saving the Utopias for the final one. We have a sour or a coconut stout. This one's... Is this sour? I thought it was... Yes. Okay. Texas grown... This is the Beer de Blanc de Bois from Jester King. To make it, they uh, use Texas-grown Blanc de Bois grapes added to mature barrel-aged sour beer and re-fermented to dryness. Damn the torpedoes. We're going with this one first. All right. 6% alcohol by volume. So what size bottle is this? i got to figure out how to pour this one. It's a... Uh, 500 milliliter. It's a yeah, 1.9 fluid. Uh, one pint. It says packages 500 milliliter bottles, so I assume... That's what they mean. Um, the water is Hill Country Well Water. Grains, Pilsner Malt and Wheat Malt. Hops, Golding. These are farmhouse yeast, a native yeast, and souring bacteria yeah, from the Texas Hill Country. Sorry. Since they say souring bacteria, that's almost certainly lactobacillus. And 
So it's probably a, a lactic sour. As I could, I guess they could use PDO, but that wouldn't really sour it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I wouldn't expect this one to be kettle. I mean, oh. only kettle sour. But let's see, it does kind of have a, a PDO aroma. Yeah, yeah, it has a. Let's see. PDO smells a little like like feet. Yeah. Kind of a burlap, you know. Yeah. Um, old water in a well. Something's been sitting in a, mm-hmm. a container for a while. Yeah, it's a stinky one for sure. If you if you go, I mean, it, it's complex. I'm going to look forward yeah. to you know smelling this some more, but it's it's not your. Like we talked in the New Year's show, right? People talk. I think it was Greg was talking about how kettle sours are kind of one-dimensional. You know, you only have one bug yeah. to to sour that beer. It only does lactic. Uh, this one's not that, right? No. This one is definitely has some some wild fermentation of sorts in it. Has uh, like a it's a yellow a grainy texture to the look of it. Um, Yeah, feet cheese. I mean, it smells Some kind of rindy cheese. It smells kind of yeah, rindy cheese. It smells lambicky to me. You yeah. know, I'm not really smelling anything particularly grapey coming right off the nose of it. I sort of get a far off vine aroma. Hmm. I can sense that also. It smells good. It does. This is re-fermented in oak barrels, so it's going to also pick up some mm. vanilla and possibly some char. This uh, is from Rubio. John Rubio, the beerists. I, I didn't mm. sharpie the bottle, but that's where it came from. It's got a nice... <clears throat> okay, so it has a lactic and almost lemon-like sourness. It's kind of yogurty mm-hmm. with um, with a bit of extra kick in there. Yeah, I agree with you. It has a nice sourness up front, not too funky. You know, it's not mm-hmm. too cheesy. It's not too barnyard or yeah. woodsy. It's it stays with lemon and a, a little bit of lactic, like you said, like a yogurty. Uh, has a pretty nice sour to it, and then it. Uh, here, I got to take another sip. It's, it's very sour. It's puckery sour. Yeah. Mm. There's um, there's a nice mineraliness to it. Yes. Kind of has a, a slate type feel to it, you know, like a. But it's like breakfast toast with orange marmalade, and a lot of like sour orange notes. And for me, it's it's pretty distinctly lemony as opposed to orange. I don't think lemon and orange are, are that different. I think if you go really sour orange and compare that to lemon, okay. there's not much of a difference there. Okay. There's a sweet... There's, I mean, there's... So it's not like straight up lemon juice. There's like yeah. the sweetened lemon of some mm-hmm. sort, but not as sweet as lemonade, just like lightly sweetened lemon. That's good. Thanks, John. Yeah. Mm. Pretty yummy. Are you digging it, Dave, or is it... 
Yeah, I'm not really much into sour, mm-hmm. but um, you can appreciate it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know you've, you probably had most of your sours on the show here. Yes. <laughs> I was just wondering how you feel, because I know some of them you, I, I think you're kind of in the same boat where, like, I, I get it, it's just not. It's not something I would, like, go out and order. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, you know, having in small batches, I think, helps and it. I would appreciate other things and, and what else is out there. So, well, speaking of absolutely, go out and order this. Speaking of going out and ordering, <laughs> what do you mean? Well, Dave, have you heard about this new thing that we're doing that we've been doing for two years? I have heard about that. You have? Yeah, I was concerned at first with Jeff's scam meter, but it mm. passed. So. That's a good point. Yes, yes. Always look at things skeptically and make sure that no one's trying to pull one over on you. Uh, but yes, there's no pulling over. To be had here. Did I say something that I didn't no, I just think it's funny to start a commercial like that. <laughs> We're not scamming you, we promise. Craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. We can't tell that you bought the stuff. We can just tell that the stuff was bought. And uh, it doesn't cost you a penny more. Help support the show because the more you buy, the bigger the cut Amazon gives us. Um, we had a great return over Christmas, so yeah. thank you, everybody. Yeah, yeah. We uh, generally get like the second level tier, you know, from the bottom, second from the bottom. Never made it the third one. We get to sell about a hundred more items a month to get to the third yeah. one. So buy, buy, buy. See if you can get us up to that third tier. Come on, Dave. It's up to you. Well, I know that you can't track it because Jeff hasn't said anything about the ridiculous things I've purchased in the last thirty days. <laughs> <laughs> we'll look for them tonight in the post show, and you can uh, yeah, you we'll can help us choose. See if we pick your stuff. <laughs> we'll try to remember to do Amazon Anonymous. It's yeah. All right, back to the Jester King. That was craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Yeah, that's good. It is really good. I'm I'm drawn to it. It's a greenish bottle. So remember the Jester King, he feels that some mm-hmm. of their beers need, need some of that um, like Saison DuPont puts mm-hmm. in a green bottle and he feels that that's how is good with a little bit of light striking, a little bit of skunking. And I'm very skeptical of the thing until I try with and without side by side. Um, this is a very dark green bottle. I don't know how much that matters when it comes to the wavelengths of light that matter. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I think in general, less light is getting through this bottle than your average green bottle. Yes. It, it, just the how dark that is. Mm-hmm. So but if that's still, the green, if that's the green bottles that they are using for their skunk me beers, then it's a thick bottle where less light's getting in anyway. And hope I'm assuming, without using doing the science, that ultraviolet and you know high or low wave or high wavelength, high frequency waves um, will also be impeded the same way that the light we're looking at right now. Mm-hmm. Well, for most, I have to look at it. I'm not sure. I think for for a lot of types of glass, UV shouldn't get through, but some types it does. But I think that the the glass and beer bottles is different from like the glass on your wind, windshield or something. But green light is the most prominent color coming from the sun. So if you leave it out in the sun, and the sun's a very intense source of light, yes. mm-hmm. so even if something is dark, if you were to leave it out in the sun, you could skunk something pretty quickly. Oh, sure. in my, my guess is. Are you going to need a dump, Dave, or are you going to... No, I'll finish it. Okay, all right. 
You don't have to. You yeah. can take your time with it. You know, you don't have to keep up. Uh, the next beer we're going to do is from... I think we should talk some news before we... Oh, sure. So there's a whole thing about Charlie Papazian. Yeah, they just announced that today. Charlie Papazian is uh, getting... Uh, his, he changing his was title. the president of the Brewer Association for a long time. 37 years. Yep. Well, Brewer Association or organizations that led into yes. that. And uh, he is moving into a position titled... Uh, Founder, past president. And then Bob Pease, who's the CEO, yeah. is going to take the president role. So it's kind that. of an emeritus position. Yeah, semi-retired type thing, yeah. it looks like. I'm sure, you know, when you're working in beer, it's not uh, not that much drudgery. I'm sure, well, I'm sure there's, sure it has its moments. But yes. uh, it looks like Charlie's <laughs> moving on to, you know, like you said, an emeritus role. And uh, good for him. Yeah. He did a lot for beer. And uh, his organization continually does a lot for beer. So, good for Charlie. We talked about a, a no, the other news story that I have right here um, in the New Year's show. But uh, we saw that Trogues Brewing had a, a big label and logo redesign. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty interesting. I think in the first point, is, well, I like the new artwork. It, but it, it was a bold choice because it's not recognizable as mm-hmm. Trogues at all until you read the word Trogues. It doesn't, it doesn't carry over any kind of style from the old logos. But also, Trogues' logo, their old logo always said Independent Craft Brewery, um, you know, handmade beer by the Trogues Brothers. And now their logo just says Trogues Independent, Independent Brewers. What's interesting about this is that they're also going for a more sort of modern look because mm-hmm. their, their old logo is kind of like a weathered sticker type thing where you, you would see it like on... Like a stamp. Like a stamp. Like, like a stamp or like you see it on, on a, one of those stickers that goes on the big, um, what do you call them, the... Suit, not suitcase, but what they like a trunk, uh, a trunk, steamer trunk. yeah, like steamer a steamer trunk, trunk? yeah. Uh, and you expect to see like a whole like hundred of those, and there's one just one of them that goes in there. But this is more the shape is kind of like a guitar pick, uh, it's sort of a modern art type shape, um, or like an inverted raindrop, mm-hmm. and uh, it says Trogues Independent Brewery on it, so it's much more cl- uh, much cleaner label. Yeah. yeah, I think it's more in line with what you're seeing coming in like graphic artists. Yeah, yeah, for advertisements, things now. Oh, I, th- I think the so. less is more. Exactly. Idea. Yeah, you're using more. Yeah, negative I, I space like I like their those, yeah. their new uh, lineup of their different labels and whatnot. It just the thing I saw it at Giant Eagle, you know, because they had a big stack of different Trogues things, and I looked at it because I didn't recognize the artwork. I'm like, who's this? That's all Trogues. And my first impression was that's bold, you know, because like people who are looking for Trogues, like looking for the Trogues logo, looking for. Uh, uh, yeah, celebrator or um, Troganator, right? The double walk, right? You know, it, it's not going to look the same way. So. Well, so my my thinking about that is, if someone is particularly looking for trogs, they're probably going to be able to find it. Yeah. Whereas yeah. they still they, they want to reach well, out. Well, not to people looking who, for trogs, but you know, the people that buy on recognition, right? And they're looking at the cooler, right? And where they might have, they're used to seeing the red Troganator label. Now there's you know mostly white label with this teardrop thing. The problem you know. is it's harder and harder to go just by recognition, right? Because you yeah. need to stick out, especially when yeah. I mean you go to like a just a plain old Giant Eagle now and they have hundreds of beer, yeah. hundreds of bottles. I, I mean, of I'm beer. not saying it's a mistake. I'm just saying it was yeah. a bold choice, and uh, you know it's cool that they went with it. And uh, but they took the craft beer, the craft the slogan, craft. Slap, the craft slogan off of their logo, 
which is also interesting. And we had a really good conversation. I know it was a four-hour thing for the New Year's, but if you want to listen and find the part where we were talking about craft or not, you know, what craft means, uh, we had some really good conversation uh, when uh, Jason had joined us. So it was probably probably on hour three that that happened. And uh, Greg's smelling this beer, and he's smelling what I smelled. Yeah. This is from Left Coast. This is Voodoo the Coconut Stout. But uh, I am smelling a, a plasticky thing, a little Band-Aid coming off of this. Yeah. For me, it's kind of an acetone. I'm making sure it's not coconut. So There's a lot of roast on, on the aroma. So this is the, I assume this is just the, they don't have it on their website yet. They sent this to us. Thank you, Left Coast. It says Voodoo, which is their Left Coast. It's actually two words. It's not, I'm not saying Voodoo weird. It's Voodoo. Um, and I guess it's it's a version that's aged and has, it's aged in coconut barrels. So it's, it's interesting. They say it's, Asian coconut barrels. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but no, it does say char number three barrels. So they're actually telling like which char level they're uh, using okay. on the barrels. No, I don't know whether three is light or medium or heavy or, mm. or what, but at least I know it's char number three. I have to look that up. All right. Uh, the aroma, I'm kind of not, maybe something volatilized off. Yeah. Maybe it was something with the barrels and the oakiness and the coconut that was kind of making it taste like acid. I'm not. Smelling a little bit, smelling better now. It's not smelling totally mm. clean to me. No, you're right. I was wishful thinking. Hmm. Yeah, that's not awesome. There's definitely an infection in there. It has kind of a thin body. It's not really coming. It didn't go vinegar, but it, there's a little bit of acetone in there. Mm. It's um, well, there's some of the roast that came through. Barrels kind of lost on it. Yeah. What do you think? It doesn't taste very good to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we try something, find something new. Yeah, we'll pause and yeah. add another beer to the show. All right, we're switching to the regular voodoo, the plain old voodoo from Left Coast. American Stout is how it's labeled. 8% out by volume, 37.8 IBUs. Simcoe and Cascade Hops. This is one awards. 2015, it won the Silver Medal in uh, Australia International Beer, Beer Awards. 2013 LA County Fair silver medal, bronze at 2012 World Beer Cup, etc. It smells better. Yeah, it smells. I think it's clean. It smells pretty clean. Yeah, there's still some of the same sort of aroma going on, but that could be just you know whatever formulation they're putting in there. I don't. If I smell something, it's not nearly as bad as it was in the other one. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty big and roasty on the on the nose. It's a it's a dark roast, almost like um, uh, like a French roast coffee or something yeah. like that. There's um, a fair amount of, of char in the aroma. Okay, so any all that volatilized away, and so yeah, it, it smells fine now. That's kind of the mo. Um, well, it is kind of cold. I'm gonna wrap yeah. my hands around this here and try to warm it up since we just pulled it that's out of the true. fridge. That's true. 
I mean, it's, it looks like a stout. It's very dark. <laughs> uh, really, there's, you know, it's very black and there's tan highlights coming off of it. It has a lot of cocoa flavor to it. Hmm. It's also kind of hoppy. You can really taste that Simcoe going on. I must be on a peanut butter kick tonight, too. I'm smelling, I'm like, I'm getting like this peanutty note in there. <laughs> if only you were there. If only that, the Jeff that has this taste bud was there with me at the Budweiser oh, thing. I, I'm not saying you didn't taste it. <laughs> no, I, I never said you were wrong. I was just saying it was the last you thing. You bring it up enough that it, is, it feels no. like I got it wrong. No, 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 no. With no, the it's... cocoa, you should be tasting a peanut butter cup then. So. Mm. No, you were not. I'm not saying you were wrong with your call at Budweiser. I'm just saying <laughs> the brewer's like, no, 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 no. That's not what you've tasted. He doesn't know what I taste. <laughs> He's like, I'm about to sell this stuff. You can't be saying that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really roasty. Mm-hmm. The cocoa does go into a little bit of charriness again. Reminds me of something along the lines of... Um, black chocolate stout or something like that was the other one that we tried from left coast that was age two right yeah i wonder if there's something wrong with their barrels i don't know actually i had another uh aged beer from them but i figured since we just did the coconut yeah. voodoo let's do the straight up voodoo so you'll we have some more left coast we'll be trying yeah it was that triple that remember that that barrel yeah. aged triple or whatnot <laughs> that we were was it was it bad or was it just confused i thought it was I was more confused, but we have to go back and listen. I've had so much beer, it's hard to tell. <laughs> but it was last week. That's that's the point. Who knows? I can't remember what I did yesterday. It's still real cold for me. I'm trying to get some more heat into this thing so I can so it doesn't taste chilly on my tongue, and I can feel like I'm getting the whole thing out of it. There's a lot of malt, a lot of chocolate going on here. Like you said. Uh, mm-hmm. um, doesn't quite veer into molasses so much. It's staying kind of in chocolate in the sort of cocoa realm. Yeah, I, I definitely feel you on that. It, it, it's definitely a very narrow mm-hmm. um, alley of, of potential stout flavors, and it's it's staying inside those uh, borders. Yeah, malted milk balls is another thing that comes up. What's the alcohol in this? It tastes like it's 8%. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it tastes like you're getting just a note of the, the alcohol, the booziness on this. You know, it's not hiding it. It's not super boozy, but you're tasting just a touch. There's a little bit of coffee. Yeah. It says they use the f- highest quality imported malts. I was thinking this kind of had an English character to it. Hmm. And now that they're saying imported malts, that kind of... Leads me to think that Did I was not, not making it up. Uh, well, just you know, think of English stouts that you've had, right? And the kind of the characters that it ha- you know, that those beers have. And I don't know. I'd have to go look to see like what English stouts malts typically are versus you know what is sourced in America. But I was thinking earlier before I read that that it kind of has an English feel. Yeah. Um, but you know, hearing imported malts and it being a stout, 
you know, it's definitely not coming from Germany. It's, you know, maybe it's imported from Canada. Who knows? <laughs> Mexico, right? It's San oh, Clemente. Oh. So <laughs> they make lots of malt in Canada. So, I mean, that, that could, if you're saying imported malts and it's from Canada, it would be true. It's not really a boastful thing because <laughs> Canadian malt is practically American malt. So, what if you sold it to China and then bought it back, like from the U.S.? <laughs> Would it still be imported technically? Uh, that's probably as long as it that. as long as it was transported. Yeah, <laughs> the finest transported malts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is much better. I'm mm-hmm. enjoying this. I'm going to put the xylus on that so we can drink it later. I think it actually might do well as an age. It might even like because I think the hoppiness is a little a little strong for the chocolate notes. And I think if some of the hops died down a bit, then some of the chocolate would really come through. Yeah, I, I hear you there. Uh, you know, you want to make sure it doesn't oxidize too right, much. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's a larger package, so it probably would age pretty well. Oh, look at that! So the World Beer Cup in 2012, it won for foreign style stout. There you go. So yeah, that English type character that where it's not as roasty and malty, but it's kind of just that no more. It, it's definitely falling into place. I think this one is is really good for the style that it won the award for. That you know that I was kind of pigeonholing it, and I think it, it fits that style really good. You put a, a news story here about Guinness Zero. Oh yeah, um, an alcohol free variant of Guinness in Indonesia, which is interesting. So this is. Only for convenience stores, because they passed a law in Indonesia, which is a uh, Muslim country, mm-hmm. Muslim-majority country, and they passed a law where no more alcohol from convenience stores. You can still get them at, like, groceries. Uh, but, you know, Guinness was, like, if you read the story, they talk about, like, how much market they lost. So they developed a zero-alcohol Guinness so they could have their footprint, you know, their, their product available in convenience stores. Our... Is there a drinking age in Indonesia? Cause some some countries don't have it yeah. at all. I, I I can't tell you without having to yeah. reread this story. It just uh, that actually well, opens up a large portion of of the area. So I mean, a lot of those are uh, marketed across mm-hmm. you know, Muslim countries. So. It says that um, many markets and small retailers accounted for about sixty percent of beer sales in the country, and so that's you know sixty percent of the market that are. Of the market where those consumers have to go to the grocery store to get it now. So Guinness sees an opportunity of, okay, let's And I'm make, sure it's not like here where there's a grocery store every few blocks. It could be. I mean, but, yeah, okay, so let's make a barley pop that's like Guinness. Yeah. And, hey, guess what? We're not selling alcohol, but we're still selling our product. Mm-hmm. I'd, love it, to tr- I'd love to try it. Yeah, it would be really interesting. That reminds me of the story about the World Cup. Because I think it's in 2024. It's supposed to be in Dubai, uh, and there's there's a lot of consternation about that. Not only because it gets to be 120 degrees in the summer yes. there, but also because yes. one of the major sponsors is Budweiser. You know, Dave was in Dubai, right? I didn't. No, know. Actually, I wasn't. I was in Kuwait. Kuwait. I'm yeah, sorry. Close okay, enough. Sorry. Okay. And it also gets hot there. So yeah. okay, I thought it was Dubai yeah. for some reason. No. When the major sponsor of the World Cup was Budweiser, and they sell a lot of beer at these things, and Alcohol is illegal in Dubai. Yes. And they actually have changed the law. Like in in Brazil, I think it was, when they just said the last World Cup, there was a law saying you couldn't buy alcohol at, at sporting events because of 
soccer hooliganism, <laughs> I think, is why it happened. <laughs> right, right. But they changed that for the World Cup because Budweiser said, no, you have to sell alcohol at these. And so they changed that law. I don't know if that's going to happen in Dubai. Yeah, probably. So there are some exceptions to where alcohol, and I can't speak about Dubai, but in Middle Eastern countries, there are exceptions to everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's usually very guarded and closely monitored, and it's only to keep to appease Westerners. Sure. Um, so, like, I think they could do it to a point, but only in very probably not. I couldn't see that at the at the, like, yeah. the sporting events itself. I mean, typically you see it at like hotels that uh, cater to Westerners, you know, embassies, obviously, embassies, yeah, yeah where it's foreign yeah. soil. Yeah. So that'd be interesting. All right, I guess we move on to the final beer. I guess so. So Sam Adams uh, sent us a bottle of their 2015 Utopians. We have a little bit of this on the New Year's show. We're going to do a little more in-depth tasting here. Utopias is, of course, the... Well, it was at one point the highest alcohol beer in the world. Now it's... uh, I mean, there's Sink the Bismarck and all those things, so it doesn't quite fit that. But it's still a very uh, interesting drink. So this is an actual beer. It sells for about two hundred bucks. Yeah, it's two hundred dollars. Two hundred dollars a bottle. And the the bottle looks like a, a fermenting vessel. Start you off with that. Yeah, thank you. Hot varieties. Hilt how the head and hair. and here. Those are the hops. Hellertown Middlefra, Spalt, Svalter, and Tetnang, Tetnanger. So they're really going with a noble or a, uh, yeah, noble varieties. They, a yeast strain is two proprietary Sam Adams yeasts that actually work in the high alcohol. This is 28% alcohol by volume. It's it's nutso. And it's blended out from lower yeah, alcohol, yeah. blended with lower alcohol beers, right? It has 95 1995 triple block in it it has previous versions of utopias blended in it so like the strongest component had to be higher i know <laughs> nuts malt varieties sam adams two row pale malt caramel 60 and munich they have special ingredients maple syrup uh and 25 ibus only 110 calories per serving <laughs> it was servings like an ounce yeah <laughs> I think we have two ounces in here, so. Uh, it I poured you a little bit more than everyone else. Hopefully you can take it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah not that much more. Um, it pours a very dark, darker than uh, than the last Utopias we had. It's, you know, really dark tan, like ruby notes. You can really smell the alcohol on this. The the thing about this, you know, it's twenty eight percent ABV. It has a, a general a general. I'm kind of you know because we tasted it the other night. It has a general flavor like a whiskey or a bourbon, but it's not nearly as fiery. First yeah, off, yeah. it's not as high in alcohol, but also it's not distilled, right? So the the malt flavor, the beer flavors, are still fully intact there. So it gives you such a richer. Uh, mouthfeel and n- nuance and flavors. Uh, now, bourbon does great things with barrels, and love. I've been on a real bourbon kick the last couple last month or so. But I think this is just an amazing example of, of a ultra beer. If you so can the, get past the alcohol, maybe it's a may, bit of a maple thing coming. Maybe through since I've been drinking the whiskey, I'm not really. 
I don't have to get past the alcohol, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it smells warming. It smells a little boozy, but it doesn't smell like nuclear to me, right? And I'm able to get right into like this molasses, that, uh, but it's not really molasses. It's more like um, molasses, I think, does it a disservice. It's so much richer. It's It's just really nice caramel malt flavors. There's a little bit of maple in there. There is a touch of molasses, but kind of a light grade molasses. There's... <laughs> I, just took, I just got a huge like alcohol gears. I, I feel like these glasses are almost too, too much the, the, in terms the, of concentrating. The, the, bell, yeah. the bell's almost concentrating the aroma too much. Could be. Um, I don't know what other glasses would be good to use. Shot glass, just down it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my little Cantillon um, tulips, I generally drink bourbon out of, but you know it has the same kind of closed-in yeah. thing, so I'm not sure whether it would help for what you're noticing. Actually, the more it warms, you know, the, now it's... In, I mean, the thing's at room temperature. This, you don't mm-hmm. put this beer in the fridge. and uh, But the, now that it's in my hand and warming, it is getting more boozy. I'm, it's really... The alcohol's really volatilizing now that I'm cupping it in my hand. Really has a really nice maple syrup flavor to it. More than I was tasting the New Year's show. Like you said, the alcohol doesn't really burn that much as it's going down. Has the alcohol gives it a little bit of a spicy note? Mm-hmm. I, I don't, it's not like doesn't actually have cinnamon in there, but it feels a little bit like that when the alcohol is going down, just because the the nature. But mm, that really has a nice aftertaste too. It comes more mapley than I remember than the last one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think this is wonderful. Yeah, uh, you know, I tasted it the other night. Tonight we're in a better reviewing mode yeah. and, and tasting it. And, we did, um, yeah, we had this for like three or four barley wines <laughs> and worldwide stout. Yeah. the uh, I, th- I think this is better than the 2008 version that, that we have on the shelf. I still got some of that. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to age. Like, I'd love Allison to be able to taste that. So, you know, it's on, it's on, it's on um, very <laughs> short allocation. Um, but if you want to get a couple drops, you know, after we're done, we can kind of do a comparison and, you know, and see what that's like. I remember I had it like um, less than a year ago. So okay. I'm good. I think this is a better beer anyway. I think so too. Mm. Mm. Is it worth the money? That's the question people want to know. You need to get a group of people together. Or, yeah. I mean, well, it depends. Well, if, if you have you... $200 to, to, to spare, you don't know. Yeah. So you have a couple options, right? If you're going to buy a, a $200 bottle of whiskey, this is suitable. You know, I mean, drink it in an ounce or half ounce at a time. And half ounce is probably enough just, you know, for a casual evening, half ounce is enough to give you the flavor, you know, that you want. You savor it and whatnot. Um, If you split it with a bunch of people, also a good opportunity. Uh, This is such a good beer. I mean, Dave, what do you think about this thing? It's pretty good. It it carries it well. But, yeah, I definitely got more maple uh, Mm -hmm. flavor than I expected. But, you know... I told you the other day. I mean, it's it, it's a unique person. I think that would buy that bottle mm. uh, by themselves. And I I work with well, people who drink a lot of uh, scotches, and and I th- think the same thing of them uh, when I hear what they pay for some of those bottles. But it's not it's not obviously not something you're just gonna sit down and just pound. They they only make ten thousand so. bottles of yeah. these each yeah. release, and they release it um, every other year. I th- I'm pretty sure. And uh, it's not it's not a shelf turd, right? It's it's not <laughs> yeah. sitting on the shelf. People they sell it right away. Yeah. So you got to be lucky to get it. Oh, Dave, let's talk 
a little bit about the uh, Crown Town Ale that you got. Uh, I don't know how much of the story you want to share, but I mean, this yeah. beer was on like super high demand in Kansas City. Yeah, so I, when the Royals won, well, uh, Boulevard released uh, one last year and one again this year, I believe, um, because of the Royals winning, especially this year. So I missed the announcement they were making the initial release. And I hadn't I hadn't seen it until I saw the news. So the next day, uh, another guy I work with asked a friend of ours who drinks a lot of scotch, has a really good uh, relationship with a uh, liquor store owner, if we could get a couple bottles of it. And he just happened to get a shipment in that day. Uh, I think he had 500 bottles. And I'm, I can't remember now the story after I, after I told you. It's either he had 4,000 people uh, waitlisted for it or they, he had a waitlist for 4,000 bottles. Either mm-hmm. way, it's still yeah. pretty yeah. crazy. So he had said, I got 500 bottles in. If you want these three bottles, you better come get it immediately. Otherwise, I'm selling them. So we managed to get one of those and uh, bring it back. So Yeah, I mean, that sounds like crazy high demand. I mean, it was a good beer, but it was a lot like Tank 7. I think it seemed like it was priced a little bit differently. Yeah. Well, the different is, difference is really it's, it's brewed for the Royals. So Kansas City has yeah. gone insane uh, for the Royals the last two seasons. So you're not just going for a, a beer crowd. You're also getting a Royals crowd yeah. also. So Yeah. Greg's going to take the empty bottle home and see how much cash you can get for it. <laughs> What? The empty bottle. It'll have a collectible value. Why would I he, meant, he meant Dave. Oh. <laughs> I said Dave. You said Greg. No. <laughs> yes. Go back Actually, I, after you left yesterday, I checked eBay just because I was curious. And there, there's a handful of them on there from like 20 to $50, but I haven't seen any go yet. So I think you probably sell for 10 bucks. Yeah, I think so too. So. It'll at least pay for the bottle. I think I paid like 10, 10 bucks for it, so. Yeah, I mean, it, super hype. It was it's all about the Royals. If you're not a Royals fan, it's not going to taste as good. Mm-hmm. It but, was it was good though. So. It was some, good, but I bet you it tastes better to a Royals fan. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And some and, of the and, problem with uh, with Wales is that yeah. sometimes it's ju- it's all hype. Absolutely, scarcity breeds. Mm-hmm. This one's not all hype. This no, Utopia no. is the deal. This is super tasty, so good. Yeah, I'm not going to hurry through the sample. I know. The last time uh, I heard Jim talking about this, he was talking about how it compares to a cognac. I think you're right. This more compares to a scotch, this version. For me, it's bourbon. I mean, scotch, bourbon, okay. bourbon has more of the cinnamon-type flavors, the vanilla cinnamon. So this reminds me of bourbon But the last version was more caramelly. So it was more okay. like, um, you know, like, a, like a brandy or something mm-hmm. like that. Sure. So... All right, you want to get some rankings Let's in rank. here? All right, so we got the voodoo. We got not that one. We got that one. The four? Is that all we did? No, we did five. Because there's the Jester King. Uh, two, three, four, and there is. There has to be some. Oh, okay, there's the last one. <laughs> the coach. The okay. Yeah. The coach. The coach. All right. So, I'm going to start from the bottom. I'm going to put the the distill, uh, the Abbey single, in last place. It was weird, right? The <laughs> peanut butter powder, the green pepper. I can't. Didn't taste like a particular kind of flaw so much. Just weird. I put the voodoo in fourth place. I, I liked. What that beer had to do with uh, foreign uh, style style, an export style or something like that, where it's kind of more ashy and um, and chocolate and and good flavors. That that worked really well. Um, Third place, I will put 
the Golden Road Kolsch. It was a good beer. I, I really liked that kind of cornbread type flavor that was in there. It was not uh, typical for a Kolsch, but I like that beer nonetheless. Uh, second place, I'm going to put the Jester King. That was really good. I really enjoyed the um, the flavors on that. And it was nice that even though the aroma was a little bit stinky feet and, and che- rindy cheese, the flavor really focused on the citrus-type sours and things like that. And there was a little other nuance there, some mineraliness and things, but it worked out really well. And how can this Utopias not be the number one beer? I mean, Hard to it's, beat. it's better than it ever was. And it's, I mean, of the ones we've had. The, I've tasted four versions of Utopias. So, have you? Yeah. Okay. I've had three. I had one in 2004, but my palate wasn't nearly ready mm-hmm. then. Had it the 2008 and then this one. I was at the Extreme Beer Fest in Boston one time before you did the show. Okay. Uh, and I had it another time at uh, a beer event, and then, of course, two we've had. So, yeah, four times that I can count. And, uh, yeah, but it's it's wonderful. And oh, I might have had it at the Extreme Beer Fest, too, at the Pines for Prostates. Well, I had a GABF this year, this one. Yeah. But it's not – that one – you know, being at a GBF session wasn't as impactful right. as tasting it here when you're actually in reviewing. Yeah, we've only had two where we've really been down for reviewing it. Yeah. So, do you want to go next, Dave? Sure. Here, let me line them up so you can see. You don't have to review if you don't want to. It's no, only, yeah. We only force them ourselves. It, oh, if, if it's too hard to keep track, just mention what you like. What you... Yeah, I think the uh, bottom one was the uh, was it the stills. The distill. Yep. Yeah. That one. Uh, then the voodoo. Then I would go. I think it's the same as you. Actually, the Kolsch, then the Jesters, and then the Utopia. All right. I have the same exact ranking. <laughs> That's rare that we get everything exactly yeah, the same. It's uh, it, it's rare, but that is exactly how I would rank them too. I think there's still was a little kind of weird. The yeah. the flavors that were coming out of it weren't what I was used to. The voodoo was decent but i just i if it had more age on i think it would have been even better i think if it, if it really concentrated some of that chocolate yeah it might have uh you know leaped up uh, at least a third uh the kolsch was just it was a well-done kolsch a little bit more malty than we expected but it was it was a well-done beer um but the jester king was really great with all that sour i think it would have beat voodoo kind of unless voodoo was like amazing mm-hmm. right it would have beat voodoo and then the sam adams um kind of wins just by nature of it being here yeah. uh it it kind of pushes out everything uh and forces it, it really changes the curve of the grades oh it's wonderful yeah the um you know there's 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 one easy way easy and cheap well depends where you live cheap way to get some utopias and that's be a guest on the show that's right <laughs> anyone who wants to be a guest on the show wants to come to pittsburgh the little little tasty utopias is in the cards for you yeah that's true consider it <laughs> consider it that's another nice thing. It's a still beer. We didn't talk about that at all. People probably know that, but maybe not. Utopia is, is not carbonated. Right. It's a still beer. So it comes with a screw cap, pretty good cap, and you can screw that cap on tight and just let it chill. Yeah, it's going to be hard to oxygenate that beer. It's got so much alcohol vaporization going on that it's just going to lift the alcohol up from it. So. Yep. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Crafty Radio. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit our website, craftbeerradio.com, for more information. 
If you want to contact us, you can hit us up on Twitter. I am at Jeff Bear. At CBR Greg. Do I get your Twitter? At David Botter. At David Botter. Uh, emails beer at craftbeerradio.com. And uh, thanks for joining us for yet another episode. 